Before we get going, here's the bit where I remind you that nothing we discussed should be considered as investment advice. This conversation is for informational and hopefully entertainment purposes only. So while we hope you find it both informative and entertaining, please do your own research or speak to a financial advisor before putting a dime of your money into these crazy markets. You're about to listen to a special preview edition of my conversation with the great Felix Zulauf. This hour was packed with extraordinary insight from one of the great macro minds of his generation. And the potential roadmap Felix lays out for the next three years is rich not only in danger, but opportunity to make great returns. This, I promise you, is a conversation you just won't want to miss. Every episode of the Grant Williams podcast, including The Endgame, The Super Terrific Happy Hour, and The Narrative Game is available to copper and silver tier subscribers at my website, grant-williams.com. Copper tier subscribers get access to all the podcasts, while members of the silver tier get both the podcast and my monthly newsletter, Things That Make You Go Hmm. So, if you enjoy what you hear on the show and you want more high-quality content like it, please make your way over to grant-williams.com and join our exciting community today. And with that, please enjoy the show. Well, Felix, it's great to have you back on the podcast. Thanks again for joining me. So it's really good to really good to be with you again. It's my pleasure. Thank you very much for inviting me. Well, listen, the invitation is an open one. You are welcome any any time you feel like you have something to say. I want to hear it. So um, I, I had the great pleasure of listening to a webinar that you gave uh, yesterday for for your clients, and uh, you know, as always, it was a tour de force of macro thinking. And so I think what I'd love to do to kick off um, the last time you were on the podcast uh, with Bill and I in the End Game. You kind of kicked things off with your macro view of the world and, and what you saw coming, and it, it was it was such a wonderful condensation of so many different facets of, of the economy, of markets, uh, politics, all of it. So I'd love to, if we can, kind of do the same thing. And let me just give you the floor to to give us an overview of where you think we are and what you see for the for the coming quarters. Well, the last two years saw many extraordinary developments. Uh, <laughs> yes. We have seen uh, the pandemic. We have seen the lockdown-induced um, sharp decline of the economy. The deepest in the U.S. Uh, we have seen the biggest stimulation, fiscal and monetary, uh, ever uh, in many countries, particularly in the U.S. And we have seen uh, the reaction after the market crash uh, markets rallying virtually in a straight line up to this day and to new record highs. And, and this uh, has been far away from normal, extraordinary things. And people uh, usually forget that the markets are action and reaction. And if you have an excess uh, in one direction, uh, you, um, you see a, a response uh, with an excess in the other direction. What I see ahead for 2022 is uh, particularly in the first half, just about the opposite of what we have seen in 21 and 20. Mm. And uh, I think the economy will disappoint, the world economy will disappoint. The first point is that uh, China is in recession and will remain in recession. And this is not just a cyclical downswing. I think this is a structural change because uh, China has hit the limits for some years where it has to restructure its whole economic model and system uh, to, to a large degree. 
It is facing uh, changing demographics. Um, the workforce, the labor force uh, number goes down for the next uh, few decades. Uh, the uh, debt situation is uh, worse than it was in Japan in 1990. The situation with the banking industry is that the banking industry is virtually unable to finance further growth uh, or high growth, as we have seen. Uh, the banking system is very weak uh, capitalized, uh, 2% equity capital. The uh, earnings uh, situation of the banks is about equal to the official non-performing loan situation. And if you take the unofficial non-performing loan situation, they are really making losses. So it's a very bad situation for China. And I think China will be a big drag on the world economy because uh, particularly Europe, that is a big exporter to China, will uh, get hit hard as these exports will slow down. Then you have in the Western world, you have the fiscal situation. We had uh, huge deficits uh, last year and the year before. And in 22, the deficits will be smaller, probably cut by about half. This means that you have a negative fiscal impulse that is very powerful. And that will be felt in the growth rate of GDP. That's another important point. And personal income situation is such that the real disposable personal income is now negative in the Eurozone as well as in the US. And that should dampen a consumer spending. The consumer has been outrageous, particularly in the US, spent uh, above trend line in 2021 due to the tremendous fiscal stimulus. Now that fiscal stimulus goes down. And I think the exaggeration on the upside in the spending on durables and non-durables will be corrected over 2022. All of these factors will uh, contribute to a disappointing uh, economic landscape um, on the downside. I do not believe that the Western world will go into recession, but the disappointments will be tremendous because consensus expectations are around 5% growth or near 5% growth. I think we will be closer to uh, 2% or even lower than that. This is the picture. And now you add in monetary policy. Uh, we had a huge QE program in the US, uh, over one trillion that was uh, injected into the uh, credit system. That is over. They are going to taper. Uh, so the rate of change is negative. Then you have the Treasury that injected um, about 1.5 trillion Mm -hmm. U.S. dollars into the system by reducing its account at the Fed. They are now down to uh, uh, an account uh, of 140 billion uh, or something in that area. And their goal is to get back to 550 billion. That means they are going to soak out of the system about 400 billion U.S. dollars. So I think that liquidity situation is going to change dramatically from what we have seen in 21. And now you add in what's happening in China. Uh, when we look at China, I think China is soaking up a lot of uh, international liquidity. You know, the Chinese have not been able to finance their economy by themselves in the last five, six years. They had to rely on foreign funding. 
And interestingly, when you look at the statistics of the U.S. banking system, that is the origin of U.S. dollar funding to uh, non-residents, then you see that it is shrinking. And interestingly, you see that China uh, is running large uh, trade surpluses, but the foreign exchange reserves do not change. So obviously, it seems that the, the Chinese are repaying uh, a lot of the U.S. dollar loans that are that have been outstanding, and that makes all sense to get uh, less dependent on the, the foreigners in a conflict situation with the U.S. Now, what all this does is. When you create a new loan, you create liquidity because 8% of the loan is equity capital, 92% is newly created money. And when you repay a loan, it's just the reverse. So the shrinking of those US dollar denominated credit globally is a, a sort of a liquidity decline that is not being felt yet, but will be over time. And particularly, the last uh, man standing is the US when they turn negative and, and start to taper. I think that it will be felt in the markets. And therefore, my hunch is that um, bond yields will be soft in the first half uh, due to the negative surprises and inflation will come down because commodity prices will correct. And so you have a rally in the bond market. I think in the stock market, you have the action and reaction situation. The excesses on the upside have been tremendous. Uh, you had so many novice uh, investors joining the market yeah. and uh, inflow into U.S. equity and equity products, mutual funds and the like over the last 12 months have been over $1 trillion, which is more than the last 19 years combined. And this <laughs> yeah. is a, an excess of a century. And I think uh, this excess is going to be partly corrected. And therefore, I do not believe that the correction will be a, a plain vanilla 5 to 8% correction, but it will be more. Uh, I think that we are in the final phase of this bull market of 2009, but we probably have another two years to run. And I do not believe that the peak that we are making here on a medium-term basis is the final peak of that bull market. I think it's an interim peak with a sharp correction. My hunch is that the rise from the 2020 low is a rising diagonal or wedge. And uh, what's ahead is uh, wave two down. And uh, in theory, those waves retrace 76%. In practice, it could be less, of course. 76% would give you an S&P of 2,600. That's not my forecast, but I think we could we could see 3,000 on the S&P, a very sharp correction down, a big shakeout, and that would uh, scare the hell out of uh, the authorities, monetary and fiscal, and I think they would then reload the guns and come in again. This could give us a big run-up uh, from somewhere around middle of uh, uh, this new year, 22 into 24, where I think uh, that's the long-term peak. And it could easily be a doubling of the indices from that low that I expect in mid-22. That's roughly my outlook. full conversation is available to subscribers to the copper and silver tiers of my website 
grant-williams.com. Nothing we discussed should be considered as investment advice. This conversation is for informational and hopefully entertainment purposes only. So while we hope you find it both informative and entertaining, please do your own research or speak to a financial advisor before putting a dime of your money into these crazy markets.